today's episode of Girls Got Goals, a podcast for the woman who is chasing her goals while balancing the demands of everyday life. I'm your host, Chelsea Reed. And I'm your host, Brittany Fraze. And today we sit down with Dr. Leon Wei, Medical Director at Form Medical Aesthetics, to discuss the stigma of how having plastic surgery doesn't make you any less real. We talk all things fillers, face wash, sexual health, body positivity, and even the newest service available that Kim Kardashian is using. Listen in. Hey everyone, Brittany here. So we are sitting down with Dr. Leon Wei, Medical Director at Form Medical Aesthetics Clinic, and he's a doctor of family and aesthetic medicine. Uh, So we want to look at removing the stigma of aesthetic medicine and just how basically plastic surgery, I'm air quotes, plastic surgery doesn't make you any less real, but um, we kind of want to know, I guess, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what inspired you to become a doctor? All right. Uh, So I'm kind of your typical story of every classic person. I've always wanted to be a doctor since I was a kid and I've, you know, it's always been my dream and I focused on it and that's what I wanted to do because I really like the connecting with people. Um, The science is interesting and all that kind of stuff, but the fact that we're able to connect with patients on a level that most people don't get that connection with and help people get through their toughest times and all that kind of stuff is hugely interesting to me and that that social connection we have. There's just not a lot of jobs where you get that. So my driving force through medicine was always that helping person or helping someone with disease or helping someone pass or anything anything that was along that emotional kind of empathetic line was definitely what drove me more than the science part. The science part is a huge part of what we do. And I have you know colleagues that are fascinated with how the heart works and that's what drives them. But I was interested, but I was more interested in the helping of the people through their negative times or positive times. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have any like influences in your immediate, um, like in your close circle, whether it was family or anybody who had been in medicine before that kind of influenced that? A little. I come from a non-medical family, you know, not a lot of college grads, all that kind of stuff. And uh, before, I, unlike most people with bachelors of sciences, I have a bachelor in laboratory medicine. Mm-hmm. And one of the clinical microbiologists I worked there really kind of pushed me and I was your, I'm your kind of like traditional kid who couldn't get in and was getting rejected and getting discouraged. And she always pushed me that this is what I was meant to do and it just wasn't my time. And it was one of those things where I really looked back and was like, oh yeah, I'm a better doctor than I went to med school later on in life than if I had been like 24 and fresh. Because I've lived in all of the world, I've had experiences, I've had several different kinds of careers. And all of that I think makes me a better doctor. I'm able to connect with my patients on a different level than... You know, I look at, and I'm a faculty professor or faculty doctor here, and I see some of these people that are just straight through, and I'm like, you're so young. I'm like, you haven't lived your life yet. No life experience. Yeah, and it's not a negative thing. It's, you know, the model we live in, but I look at it. I'm so glad that I was able to live around the world and experience different things and have different jobs and things like that, where once you're kind of settled in medicine, it kind of really pegs you down takes away a little bit of that up and go kind of possibility. Right. So how did you get through that experience? I guess, you know, like, so you applied for medical school at 24 and then applied multiple times and didn't get in. Yeah. So how did you like continue to push that drive to, I kept getting degrees. <laughs> so, <that's, laughs> so I kept getting masters in, uh, and kept doing all that kind of stuff and advancing my education and advancing my career and just making my resume better, mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, at some point something would, break and it did eventually I got into an amazing school and got amazing training and all that kind of stuff and it was the same application every year it's just you know people that try to get into medicine and struggle with it every year it's so many applicants and they can only pick so many there's not tons of spots and I totally appreciate it now because I'm on that other side and I see how the application process works 
And it doesn't seem fair when, you know, you've dedicated your life to this. You know, most of us that go into medicine since high school, that's what we want. So we focus on the sciences, we focus on everything, and then you don't get that thing. There's some of us that are stubborn and we keep trying and trying and we get in eventually. And I think that drive that pushes us is what kept us up late at night when we didn't want to and push us a little further when we've been up for 72 hours in residency and really had to go a little bit further when everything in our body said no. Mm-hmm. We were the ones that were like, well, I've waited six years for this. This is what I want. Yeah. And that's what I think is great about some, some all the doctors, a lot of doctors and people that had to maybe struggle a little bit more, they have definitely have that fire inside that pushes them to set a little bit further maybe. But. Yeah, and that really speaks to like the passion for your practice as well. Like when you have that, um, that not a struggle necessarily, but when you're facing that adversity of um, having to continue trying, keep trying and you're not getting accepted, you know you're in that for the long run because it's what you ultimately like, really want to be spending your life doing. So that's awesome from a client perspective or a customer <laughs> perspective to know that you have such a love for what you're doing. I do. I really do. I wouldn't, if this was, you know, a minimum wage job or <laughs> anything, it would be still what I do because I do love, every day I go to work and I love my patients, either in private practice or public practice. I just love the connection, you know. I'm the doctor in the waiting room playing with the babies that I delivered and the mm-hmm. kids, and I'm running behind because I'm too busy saying hello to everyone in the waiting room because I'm waiting. And I really love that connection I have with my patients. And mm-hmm. I'm able to do that in a different way here with aesthetics, but I think medicine is really full scope. It's not just the science. You have to connect with your patients on multiple levels. And I think when we do that, we're able to provide a better level of care. And I hope that's what we do here. And I hope I exemplify that when I teach to the younger doctors and generations because you can learn everything in the book you want, but in medicine, there's that other side to it. And some people have it and some people don't. I don't necessarily know if it's a, a learned behavior or it can be taught easily, but I believe that you really need to do this for the passion because it is, we have good days and bad days and everything in between. And we put a lot, our patients first. So some, you know, a lot of us put our lives on hold for 16 to 18 years to get this training. We don't start our families where you start hugely in debt our careers and lives yeah. and you know there's a lot that goes in behind that education and training yeah and the thing that you're saying about um with your patients like that no like trust factor like you're you're doing major things with people so having that connection and them being able to ultimately trust you and have some mm-hmm. sort of connection with you i feel super super important um that's a big big area of your life to be trusting into someone else's hands so yeah, I just think it's awesome, like, how long, I'm still caught up with the 72 hours of just, like, straight... Well, yeah, I trained Ooh. in the U.S. where we don't have this, the protection laws they have here in Canada, but, yeah, surgical training, surgical residencies, and things like that, like, you don't want to be the weakest link. Like, they still have some shame-based learning models where I trained, and, you know, you're expected to push yourself further and further and further, because they had to, and it's just, like, a learned behavior. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Totally. Um, but at the same time, it definitely... You know, when you don't, you know, I work seven days a week and sometimes I work overnight because I still deliver babies and I have to be bright and chipper at 8 a.m. for a little Miss Smith who's coming in for whatever. Or you know, someone coming into this practice that wants something done. It's like you have to give them the level of care mm-hmm. that they deserve. And just because you had a crappy night delivering a baby or you've been up and haven't had a chance to sleep in a couple days properly, you know, we signed up for that. And that, I think that's what a lot of us we, it's not the best part of our job, but it's what we signed up for. And we appreciate it. And we appreciate the fact that if I'm up all night delivering a baby, I'm with a family during one of the best moments in their lives. And I get to share that. And that's what allows me to wake up in the middle of the night, you know, when it's minus 40 and yeah, to the hospital and yeah, I get there and have this amazing experience. It still hasn't worn off, you know, five years later. It's still awesome. So. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and was your focus always in, like, did you always have an interest in the, in the medical aesthetics or did you start with more so just an interest towards generalized medicine? I always had a very big interest in detailed work. I really, like, during training we trained in everything, but I always liked things that were minutia, like fine suturing of the eye or things that took really a lot of detail. I was always detail-driven and I was always kind of artistic. I have a background in the arts and I always kind of was drawn to that. And I was lucky enough to have a attending physician when I was doing some surgical training that also did aesthetics. And I got to see that. And I really liked the connections you make with people, but also, you know, we're trying to make the face mathematically beautiful. And, you know, what's important to some people, it, you, we might not see, but we need to understand that in order to better help them. And he just had a really beautiful way of looking at it. Um, and it kind of rubbed off on me. And it was one of those things where I had a knack for it. And... In the States, you know, our training doesn't pay very well, so we all kind of subsidize our training with some, what we call moonlighting, another little job, and my moon, moonlighting job was Botox, <laughs> so I got into the Botox realm during my medical training, kind of on the weekends and stuff like that, and just really liked it, and really liked the artistic side of it, mm -hmm. and now we, you know, definitely my portfolio has expanded, and things like that, and I really like helping people and connecting with people for the reasons that they're doing whatever they are, and learning what that is, and because yeah. well, it's what I do in my general practice with people with um, I do a lot of obesity medicine I do a lot of obstetrics I do a lot of general practice but everyone has that something in them that they want help with and this is just another way of doing it and some of it's medical and needs pills and some of it you know for lack of a better word is vanity but that's not necessarily a bad thing. right and I know you're saying too when we were just briefly talking before um, when we weren't recording that a lot of times the impact you have on the people here it can be more profound, right? And that's oh yeah, I say this all the time. I have more people cry in my cosmetics practice or aesthetics practice than I do in my general practice. You know, you cure someone's diabetes and add years to their lives. That's just my job. I'm supposed to give them pills. I'm supposed to give them education on diet and exercise. Right. That's my job. But here, someone has been emotionally insecure about an irregular lip or something like that, and we fix it for the first time, they feel amazing with themselves. Um, I work a lot with the transgender community and helping someone physically look on the outside more masculine and feminine that they haven't been able to deal with and the emotion that that brings because they've lived their lives in this one little detail or getting them one step closer to corrective, or not corrective, but surgery, whether it be bottom or top or whatever they're going through, mm -hmm. is huge to them. And that impact I may never understand, but I know I'm playing a huge role in it. And being able to play the role that we play here is amazing. And like I said, that connection and those emotions that we see here, happy, sad, all that kind of stuff is really awesome. And I think you kind of just touched on it then, but like, why did you co- So you co-founded Form to um, bring a focused medical aesthetics practice to women, men, and the LGBTQ plus community. So what does that look like for you? So I know you're saying to having um, transgender come in, people mm -hmm. come in and having them, the ability for them to um, look on the outside, how they feel on the inside, um, I guess, and just being welcoming, right? I know we, we talked about the facility, so you're saying you actually never see anyone else as you go through. Yeah. Um, what other little, uh, I guess, things, so we're very, what other things do you do that kind of set you apart in that sense? So we're very body positive, you know, beauty is definitely an internal thing, and um, we have a lot of quotes and inspirational things on the wall about the evolving you and the transformation. Because that's different for everyone. You can't just peg everyone. You're supposed to look this way. You're supposed to look that way. Like, this amen. Is, amen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, and it's important to understand that because what's important to someone might not be important to someone else. Yeah. Um, the trans, men, women, men, transgender, LGBTQ plus community, all that kind of stuff comes from, I've worked in so many practices where it's women's focused and like I'm on ad boards for a lot of these companies um, like that supply our products to us. And I'm like, where's the men in the pictures? Where's the trans community? Um, and during our marketing, we only use local people. We have people from the LGBTQ community. We have models that are real. All the pictures were taken here in Winnipeg. It was really important to us to include everyone. And I look at aesthetics as a man's face is different than a female's face. A transgender yeah. person that's transitioning from one to another needs to be looked at under a different lens. And it's not this like cookie cutter, you get this much Botox, you get this, you get that. There's a lot of education that goes on here, which is unique to us. We can hold a lot of educational ceremonies, but um, your listeners can't see this, but you're in one of our offices where we do a lot of talking before we ever go into a room where there's needles. Mm-hmm. So we're educating on the risks of this stuff. You know, this is a risky procedure. We don't do surgical aesthetic, uh, plastic surgery here. We do aesthetic medicine, so a lot of injectables. And there's risks to it. So we have doctors and nurse practitioners and nurse injectors that are highly, highly trained. But at the same time, you know, there are risks. There's cases of blindness from lip injections. And I think that's something that needs to be discussed. There I feel is, like I don't know that. And yeah. Sorry to interject. And I had lip injections then. And now I'm like, what the fuck? Well, and it's one of those things <laughs> where... Yeah. No, not, but still. like, yeah. yeah. But it's one of those things that needs to be educated on. There is yeah. a risk of blindness. That's huge. The risk is very low right. when you look at it. But, you know, six out of 60 million injections last year in the United States... That's low. It's more riskier to drive. You know, your plane will crash. All those statistics. But at the same time, there is a reason you need someone who knows a high-level anatomy that's able to reverse these agents and knows what to do when a mistake happens. Yeah. And that's the variation when it comes to clinics and practitioners. You know, there are people doing this stuff at other houses. Yes, they have training. Um, but it always worries me. What can they do if a mistake happens? What do they have all the equipment there with them? If someone right. has a large reaction or. We have all that stuff here. And um, one of the big things when we, Dr. Patterson and I opened this clinic was making sure our staff were highly trained and come, you know, with a lot of credentials, but it's because the education is always going to be the thing that saves you, right? When you know what to do, you need to know what to do when shit happens, just as you need to do is when you're hugging and smiling and high-fiving. Yeah. And, our, yeah. and I think that's what's important in our training is cosmetics sometimes is taken a little too lightly. And, I, and especially with my patients, I always talk about the risk. I spend tons of times on the ton, tons and tons of time on the risk because this is a risky thing. We've over glorified it with movies right. and like a little Absolutely. Botox or I got a little bit of a filler. There's risk to it. There's negative outcomes to fillers or can be. Yeah. And you need someone that's well trained and it's getting diluted. You know, where I train in the States, you can go into a strip mall, a salon, you know, you, oh and you, you read all these things, you know, they're happening in Toronto and Vancouver and people going to people's basements and getting, you know, silicone injected in places. We don't do any of that here, no. but at the same time, you need to connect and you need to find a clinic that's right for you. You need to find yeah. the doctors and nurse practitioners and nurses that are right for you because we have relationships here. Some of, you know, I've been seeing the same clients for five years. Some of our advanced injectors have the same clients for 10, 15 years. Oh, yeah. There's a relationship there. Yeah. The world of, you know, our grandparents' generation or our mom's generation that are like, it's 65 and they get a full facelift. We no longer need to do that. We can constantly... Aesthetics medicine is a longitudinal event. It's like you take great care of your skin constantly with good skincare and good products, and you get some chemical peels and age gracefully and slowly. Then there's not this need for this huge dramatic effect in the end. And it's all about coming up with that kind of plan or formula, and that's what we really focus on here or yeah. in the aesthetic side. 
um, is, you know, you're not going to come in and drop a whole bunch of money right away, but we're going to come up with a plan that like every, every year, maybe you get an aggressive facial and then every six months you're going to come in for a chemical peel. We're going to do some microneedling. We're going to do something to improve your skin, improve the canvas. Maybe you do need fillers this time. It's about that relationship and understanding the needs of our patients, just mm -hmm. like someone with diabetes or hypertension, they need to understand what they're doing and how we're doing it. And we really take that philosophy seriously here with the education of why you need Botox, how it works, why you need a, a, a relaxant. You know, I use the word Botox because it's hard for me. There's many neuromodulators out there. Mm -hmm. So that's a brand. I should really try hard not to say yeah. that. But we offer them all here. But, you know, the freezers or the fillers or the volume enhancers, there's so many companies, but not everyone's equal. And certain people need a certain brand over a certain right. other thing. Mm -hmm. And that's we're big on educating of like actually your skin type reacts better to this and it's a learning curve right wow. the first time i inject someone i'm always more conservative because i never know how they're going to react and i'd rather yeah. add a little more in two or three weeks than you know being like i'm sorry you can't move your face <laughs> <laughs> so until so when you talk about that it always it makes me think of like the tv show botch when people go in and like mm -hmm. they're like i went to mexico and like i just got this done yeah real cheap and i was like there's your problem right there well, yeah. yeah but I, so if someone comes in I mean, I guess you're saying you sit down with them and do a process of like how they can map that mm -hmm. out long term, which actually sounds amazing. So someone doesn't necessarily need to come right away with the thought of like, oh, I just need Botox like here, here. I feel like I need that. You also sit down with them and be like, actually, the things you're concerned about can be dealt with in like these five steps or these totally. steps over the next. And one of the things and I, um, people can't see it, but nasal labial lines, the kind of lines on either side of your face. Everyone hates them. They come in, they want those filled. Knowing the science of how fillers work, you actually don't need those filled. You need them filled. Your cheeks need to be filled in a different, because we need to use science and, um, you know, we have to look at the vertices and things like that, the vectors of how we're actually going to change the math of your face. So it's one of those things where people are like, I want this line removed. And then they get all kind of on edge because we're like, we're going to inject way over here. And they're like, why? And they're like, well, we need to understand how muscles work and how muscles pull. And like it's a pulley system and there's vectors and physics involved. And then once that education comes, their anxiety comes down. And once yeah. their anxiety comes down, then that trust can start building. And education is huge and we really work on that. When you're talking about sorry, when you're talking about that, it just makes me think like I don't know how an esthetician could know all these things. Yeah. So but and, and just what I was gonna say too is like in so like in our day and age, like Brittany and I have done an episode on comparisonitis and just like social media and seeing everybody's stuff. I think that um, a lot of people will see uh, you know other people on social media and they make an impulse decision um, when it comes to medical aesthetics. Like I there's people in my life who have done that. They just kind of jump the gun or like I want this because I want to look like this and they don't really know all of the info behind it. And then when they go in for a consult, they're like, oh my gosh, okay, like this is a lot more, um, you know, scientific than I really thought. And like, this isn't actually what I need. And this is what I'm going to do instead. Um, but having that education, I feel is super, super important because, you know, there are people on Instagram, like you said, who are doing, you know, microneedling and whatever out of their basement. And there's, you know, everything's a medical procedure now, like uh, microblading, all that stuff. And it's just taken so lightly that I feel like the education side of it is oftentimes left out. So it's an amazing thing to be incorporating that's just invaluable to have for from a client perspective. And I think that once again, that anxiety that, you know, when people get nervous over certain things, I think it's really important because that education takes it down. Yeah. So when people come in and they are nervous, I never inject. I step back and we come back in here, we talk, we look at pictures, we talk about the science behind it because you can just see their whole 
fear is being washed away. Or when people come in bound to determine they need Botox, and it's like, actually you need fillers yeah, or right. vice versa. And they're like, well, that's not what I was expecting today. It's well, that's what's different. I could do what, you know. That's my mom. She's yeah. sort of like, I need this. I can do what you ask. <laughs> exactly. And you're not going to like the outcome. So yeah. that's where the education comes in, which yeah. is huge. I think that's what she was saying. She's like, I need Botox. And I think of something. I'm like, no, you, I'm pretty sure you need like fillers, but you got to go in and like talk to somebody. Yeah. And then she went and then, yeah, same thing. Like she was just like, oh, I feel so much younger. And it's just like the exact opposite of what you thought you needed. So oh, yeah. you just need to let the professional do. And this is a wide spectrum of treatments that it's like, you know, the, I know for myself, like the only things I really ever knew of was uh, like Botox, of course. And then like your typical like rhinoplasty, like actual plastic surgery, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, having friends who have had medical aesthetics done and like learning about the whole, um, the whole world of it and what actually is available and the things that you actually, um, can, can do. It was just like mind blowing to me. I was like, I had no idea. You could well, and then complicated more the difference between an aesthetic face peel and a doctor face peel, like ones that only doctors can perform and lasers that only doctors can use. You know, oh. it's, it's difficult for us because, you know, yeah, there are estheticians that can do lasers that do hair removal. They're very different than the lasers we have. And ours need to only be, you know, it has to be the direct supervision of the medical director. Um, right. You know, people can get burnt and blindness and all these horrific things because these lasers are so strong. And then, of course, there's the other side where there's lasers that are weaker that anyone can kind of use. Mm. And, yeah, they do the same thing, but it's on a different level. You might right. need 10 treatments with that. With ours, you might need two or one. And it's really hard to break that stigma of, like, well, why is your price this? Well, you, the person behind it has a lot of that education and, you know, just because I can do it, this procedure in 30 minutes, it also is because I went to school for 18 years and yeah, I understand right. the science behind it a lot more. And it's not downplaying anyone because, you know, I go to spas and I get face, you know, facials from people and they're great and I love it. My skin looks great. And then there's the difference one, the different ones here that require, you know, a medically trained person to wait, you know, so they don't chemically burn your skin off and then you right. look like you're a burn victim, yeah. you know, and that's, what's different. Like we have aggressive peels here. We have gentle peels here, but they're all medical grade and right. everything we use is a medical grade product. We don't use anything less than medical grade or that doesn't require a prescription. Mm-hmm. And that, that prescription, that's exactly what I was going to just touch on there. So you offer all these um, services like injectables mm-hmm. and then, but you also, you had mentioned you have your own skincare line like and stuff like that, but that is by prescription. So again, it's that extra level yeah. of... So um, there are, our skincare line, there's great skincare lines out there. Ours can only be through a doctor's office. You can't pick them up anywhere else. Um, once we, you know, prescribe them to you. And I use the word lightly because there are medical ingredients in them. Some of them don't. A face cleaner, I'll be the first one to admit, a face cleaner is a face cleaner. Mm-hmm. But ours, is, it's clean science. There's no parabens. It's not tested on animals. It's almost vegan because there are some honey in it and sea corals that are considered against the vegan practice. Mm-hmm. But they're very clean science and they're amazing on the skin. And it's a great line. It's called a Lumiere. And we're really proud to carry it. And we have exclusive rights here in Winnipeg to it. And, you know, the sunscreens are amazing. They're like a great mechanical barrier. It's using minerals to help block the sun and not the chemicals. Right. There's a lot of bad kind of talk about our sun sunblocks actually causing cancer. Well, ours is the ones that don't. Um, yeah, good to know because that is a big thing right now. Especially, I was even looking, so my kids are two and one, and just when you read the back of even like the baby stuff, it's like chemical, 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 yeah. like aloe water. Yeah. And I was like, well, what is all this stuff, right? Like, and our skins, like it, it takes that in, right? It's like absorbed. Totally. That's our largest organ, yeah. right? So we need to protect it. And the same thing is, 
know, people come here and they always think we're hawking skincare. <laughs> it's the canvas to everything underneath, right? So you're paying all this money for Botox and fillers and chemical peels, but we need to keep the skin canvas because when it's as healthy as it can be, everything mm-hmm. underneath looks better. You know, you react better. You take on the products better. Yeah. Um, you know, we have salt facial here, which is huge right now. The Kardashians are helping with this because it's a new big thing in Beverly Hills. Um, Dr. Patterson and I did some training in Beverly Hills, which also kind of was really unique because we got to see where all the big celebrities go and we worked at a practice that caters to most of the celebrity community. And it was really great to bring a lot of that training back here and bring some of those practices back. So salt facial being one of them. Um, yeah, and incorporating that here in Winnipeg because there is a market for that. Younger and younger people are learning that if I take care of my skin at 20 and 30, I don't need to make huge investments when I'm 60 and 65 because you know I'm on a great skincare regime. I'm on top of it. I've been mm-hmm. getting preventative Botox. I make the investment for fillers, but at the same time, every two or three years, I only need a syringe or two to kind of top up where I'm losing my volume and helping keep my face shaped the way I need it to be. And or you know hair removal or body sculpting or um, we specialize in intimate health here. So Dr. Patterson does a lot of vaginal treatments that help with urinary incontinence after children or childbirth. Um, can also help with the cosmetic appearance to it as well. So, you know, the perfect example, I sneeze and I pee a little bit or I cough and I pee. Yeah. <laughs> Kelsey is raising her hand, everybody. Yeah. Just letting you know. So we, so we, I just crossed my legs. <laughs> <laughs> so we have treatments here that help it strengthen that area and improve it. And we've had ridiculous results mm-hmm. with that. So we're very proud of it. Um, I do cellular medicine where we use stem cells from the body to help correct skin issues, we do um, corrective things for erectile dysfunctions in men, and we do procedures to help increase girth and size in men's penises as well. We do kind of, we, we have a sexologist or a doctor of sexual therapy on staff to help with that. Dr. Prin, Dr. Patterson and I definitely have an interest in the intimate. Um, sex is great, everyone should be doing it. Um, it's kind of one of those things people aren't super eager to go see their doctor or be gynecologist about. Um, we're a little bit more open-minded when it comes to it and also knowing that there's issues that can be fixed and just like if you have a bone issue, you want to see an orthopedic surgeon to get it fixed, you have an eye issue, you see an optometrist or an ophthalmologist, we're not as keen to get onto the sexual wagon because, oh, this is what I've been dealt with or this is what sex is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we just, we had, we have classes here and we do treatments here to help with that. And it's gaining success and, you know, it wasn't, you know, a lot of eye rolls from people when you're telling people we're doing sexual medicine or intimate health and it wasn't, it's not a very well discussed, you know, the medical community in general doesn't have like, you know, residencies in sexual medicine, but at the same time you bring the right people together in a place where it's a safe environment, a positive environment and you can make huge changes. And we're seeing that already with, like I said, our vaginal treatments and our penile treatments in terms of the benefit that it's providing the community. Yeah. I actually, like, just going on to say that, when I, when we were originally exploring your website and I saw the sexual treatments, that was one of the first things that drew me in, not because necessarily that's something that I would, I would be coming in for, but just the fact that, like you said, not a lot of people talk about it. And when it comes to things like incontinence or just like erectile dysfunction or whatever the case is, I feel like a lot of people are in a place where they just feel like that's the card that they're dealt and then they have to, that's just a part of life. Yeah. And don't even know that there's things that you can can do to navigate that and to create a more, whether it's a sexual health life or or whatever it is like that, um, it's just not talked about. Mm-hmm. It's like when you said, it's, there's that. Well, it's not talked about much like aesthetic medicine. Yeah. And so it's like, ooh, like. We were talking earlier today with one of our injectors here, the, the stigma or the issues with 
you know, Botox. People not talking about it. People talk about it now. People are yeah. not as ashamed. Ten years ago, no one talked about their Botox. No one talked about their fillers. Yeah. But I didn't get any work done. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> that's changing. And sexual health hopefully will change too. But they kind of go hand in hand when we look at it because you know maybe people don't want to broadcast it. That's okay. But they need a safe place with educated people that know what they're doing. Yeah. And that's mm. really what. And that goes back to that positive imagery and that we're trying to relate here. We're trying to transform you, the evolving you. Mm-hmm. It takes time. What's important for you today in five years might not be important. Maybe Absolutely. you don't want huge lips when you're 50, but you want great skin and other things are important to you. Well, we're able to help you that. And we're able to help you transition and do that in a focused way that makes the most sense. Yeah. And I think too, we just mentioned one of the courses that was run out here for the sexual health was like how to give a blowjob. Yeah. So, and I think that's important. We were talking. There's also one coming up on Cunnilingus for equal opportunity employers. Ooh, there you go. (laughs) And I think it's important too, because for a lot of relationships and we had talked about this, um, intimacy is part of the reason why there's conflict in relationships. Like that is a breakdown and we're in a society where marriages are falling apart. Um, and sometimes it has to do with intimacy and that sexual connection. So if all, I'm not saying all you need, but if part of that is like your husband or your partner or whoever it is is saying like, you don't give enough, a good enough flow job. Like, I don't really feel comfortable with this, or this is something that's an issue for us. Like that, cause that's Where a lead into foreplay, right? I miss that day Where do you go? Yeah. yeah. Like that's not talked about in school. It's not taught. Sex isn't taught properly of like, you know, on top and on bottom. Well, there's a lot more positions that are funner than those. Yeah. So it's all about taking that stigma, but also reworking it into place. And, you know, yeah, I totally agree. Cause you know, maybe it is open communications and like we have a sex therapist here. That's really great at helping you open that dialogue and verbiage and things like that, as well as, you know, bringing it back to the aesthetic side Maybe you're super uncomfortable with something that is important to you. Maybe it's a lip that's too thin or not even, or you're really self-conscious about stretch marks or something like that. There's things here that we can help with. And mm-hmm. when we do that and remove that from someone, they kind of come into themselves more. And that's what we see every day here, which is really awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So something that I kind of want to touch on based on what you're talking about before, like removing that stigma, like for a lot of people, they may be wanting to have treatments and they're not really sure where they need to go or, or where to even start. And they may just even be holding back or afraid just because of that, like that stigma and that fear of being judged for being fake or not being real anymore. Like, what would you say to someone who is, you know, wanting to make some changes, but has that like maybe feeling of insecurity or they'll have that judgment? Yeah. If it's important to you, it's important. And I think that's a lot of things in life. You know, society today, we focus on other things. We have a lot of judgment. Uh Um, You know, we all have insecurities. I have some. I've had work done. Has it helped me? Has it not? You know, that's that's a whole other show. But at the same time, if something's important to you, and I see it a lot with the transgender community, i.e. trying to be who they feel on the in, who they are on the inside, they want to project that on the outside. Playing a role in that changes everything about these people's lives. And it's amazing to be a part of it. But it's true for everyone because we've all had those friends that absolutely hate a scar. They absolutely hate the size of their nose or their lips. Or they're really uncomfortable because maybe they were teased a lot in school. And maybe they never shared with you as an adult. But that's why they always hide a certain aspect of them. Or that's why they have bangs. Or And that's a very personal thing. And that's what we learn here with the education because... We don't necessarily come in and we never answer the question like, what would you fix to my face? It's always, 
what, what, what do you want to work on? What are things that are important to you? And when you drag that out, you see other things and it's like, well, where does that come from? And there's a little bit of therapy that definitely goes on here. if not a whole lot of therapy yeah. because people are like, oh, it's really important to me. Oh, my sister always had amazing lips and no one ever once mentioned mine. Mm -hmm. It's really yeah. important to me. Well, that's great. Um, we really focus on a more natural look. We have people here, you know, we have uh, several injectors. We all definitely have different styles. I really enjoy the natural kind of look. I want people to think like, oh, did you get your lipstick? Or did you sleep in today? You look really refreshed. That's my kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, some younger people definitely want that bolder, more dramatic look. Not a huge thing that I'm into, but at the same time, it's always a discussion because where does it come from? Does it come from lack of education? Well, then I can educate you on it. But if it's a personal preference within reason, it's also a dialogue. We don't, it's not a dictatorship, but it's definitely a dialogue there of like, oh, that's important to you, you understand the risks or whatever, and that you understand maybe we can't do it all today, that this is once again a journey. Right. And it's important, and like, it all seems to always come back, but it's a discussion, that initial consult, consultation that's so important. Like, you know, you kind of briefly mentioned with your mom, some people come in and be like, I want Botox. She's like, there is not enough Botox in the world to fix what you're asking for. Yeah. <laughs> you really need X, Y, Z. Or I could take your money, but it's wasting. Yeah. And, and believe it or not, you know, that Hippocratic Oath we all took when we graduated medical school is important to us here. And we actually do believe this is a type of medicine. We have other doctors in the community that kind of look down on aesthetic medicine as, you know, the vanity thing. But at the same time, we've touched on it. I see more positive effects in the medicine I do here than I do in my mm. in my general practice. And it's really interesting when I do see those because it's important to these people. So it's always about listening to them. So your sister makes fun of you or doesn't think you should be wasting your money on it. But if it's important to you and it changes how you feel about yourself and you want to do bigger and better and awesome things, yeah. then that's the role we play. Mm -hmm. If you're super self-conscious about a, a scar, a mole, um, you know, you've worked really hard to lose weight and there's just that one trouble area and you want some body contouring or, you know, you have really hairy legs and you want less hairy legs or really hairy forearms or something like that. We can help with then that. Then it sweaty armpits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's a thing. Like I, we kind of touched on it. I have an interest in men because men have a separate set of issues yeah. and it's not okay for men to go get Botox. And it's like, I know guys that like put their shirt on by the time they get to work, it's already stained and they actually change their shirt three or four times. It's like, you can have one procedure to get rid of that yeah. for several months or your wedding's coming up. Why wouldn't we do some treatment to help you get through that day so you're not so self-conscious? Like I have buddies that have bought like five. Not right up in here and the whole noodle <laughs> day coming up. But guys, for whatever, and that's changing too. We definitely have more and more men coming straight that identify straight, gay, and everything in between. Mm -hmm. And it's changing and there's aesthetic only practices in the States that only work on men. And like, for me, their needs are different. Their, fa their facial structure is different. You don't want to, you know, what drives me crazy is when I see guys that have had work done, but you can tell it's someone that mostly focuses on a woman's face because mm, maybe it's yes. a little more feminine than I would do. But it's, once again, maybe that's yeah. what they wanted. So I'm definitely not bad nothing because it's always a discussion because it's not about what I want and what I think is great. Well, and one of the things that I look at when we talk about like an analogy is like men love getting pedicures, but they don't want to go into like a woman's. Yeah right facility or like a spa that's more catered to women yeah. because they just feel out of place and this is really a place that they want yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah and that's why we definitely tried to have a feeling of neutrality here or almost asexual but at the same time if you're more drawn to one side or one room yeah sure and it's you know it's not overly feminine it's not overly masculine mm -hmm. it's more elements metals woods stones yeah like and it, regardless there's 
different rooms where you can feel comfortable either way. Totally. And everybody here is doing their job, which is listening to the clients and really finding out what the base of that is and then building on it. And that's what's super important to us here. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of going off what you were saying about the evolving you, like um, we've touched on a lot of things that separate you guys from just any other medical aesthetic clinic, but uh, what's your overall mission? Like what would you want um, a client who is seeking medical aesthetics? Maybe um, what, what makes you guys stand out and kind of be that place where they should look into? I think the word evolving is huge. And I think the word transformation comes in those two during our marketing and our mission statements. Now those are the two words that come coming up because this is a journey that we're going to go on. That's helping you transform what, where you want to go and help you evolve to what you want to be. And that is hundred percent based on perceptions that I don't know about. It's based on your upbringing, your personal value system, your current situation, your sexuality, all those kind of things play a role. And when we understand that we can help you get, and we can help you have the best outcome by knowing that. And that's why the consultation process from where the rooms and how the rooms are set up to how we greet people here is very different because we think of this as a journey. We want this relationship so much in our general practices where we have huge relationships with our patients. We just don't want people coming in here, leaving, you know, where's my Groupon come in, come out. We want <laughs> you to be here. We want you to come in every two to three months. You know, we get that. Why don't you do put things on sale? Why don't you do this? We don't put your birth control on sale when you yeah. come to us as a general practitioner. So why would we put the same medicines that we're putting in your face on sale? That's and that's how we look at it. Um, you know, everyone likes a good deal. I know where the Pegersons moving here to like a good deal. They yeah, like I'd be love a good deal. <laughs> yeah. do, I'm Jewish. Yeah, I, I know all about it. But at the same time, this is medicine. We and the other thing is we truly believe it is medicine. There's yeah. a role for this. It really can help a lot of people, and it's all about like anything in medicine, manipulating and doing it in a certain way that you get that benefit. From. It's an investment, right? So, you know, it's something if you want it, you need to put some money aside and save. And if that's what it looks like, then, you know, if that if it's important to you, you'll do it. Right? When people invest in tons of things where people don't judge, right? It's really important to have their nails done or their hair done or get massages or have a certain kind of house or a certain kind of car. No one overly judges that. But when you go into this, they're like, oh, it must be nice that you're going to get that it's like it is because if you feel better about yourself you're more open you're out there you're putting yourself on whatever yeah. social media real life that's a huge benefit and when you understand that it's a benefit mm -hmm. for sure well and it changes the dynamic in so many other relationships that you partake in right as soon mm -hmm. as you have that if it's confidence. gonna that confidence it's gonna make that boost and you may your work relationships your family relationships you know uh any other like you know, your part relationship with your partner and that changes, it's going to change that aspect, right? That mm -hmm. your confidence brings a different level to the game. Oh, mm -hmm. we've done procedures to remove the fat under people's chins and double chins. And women have like, you know, they bring in the edible arrangement like months later and they're like, I didn't know how much this bothered me yeah. until I had it done. And like, I love the way I look now. I'm like, that's awesome. And they're just like, no, you don't understand. Like, I did not know how much this bothered me. And they can't even put it into words. And I'm like, if it's that important to you, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, Be thank you. I'll take that strawberry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll take this chocolate covered banana. Um, so we get that a lot here, and that's what's awesome. And people don't understand the haters, if you will. Yeah. Some of this stuff is so important to people. I have one earlobe that's different size than the other. It's really self-conscious. Or I wear heavy earrings, and I have this crease that drives me crazy. And I have to wear my hair a certain way because I'm super self-conscious of it. We can fix that. We can. There's a there's a role to help with that, and that's what's great about getting to know our patients and helping them remove that. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. 
And I guess if someone came in and it wasn't necessarily um, what they were looking for, wasn't necessarily something that could be done at this uh, in this office, like you would obviously be able to do the referral out too, right? Absolutely. Like so when people come in, like a great example of that is like upper eyelids that are droopy and they want, they think enough filler will pull that up. Well, you need a surgical procedure. And we have, we work with great plastic surgeons here in the city. We have no problem telling, uh, we're very open. I'm like, yeah, that's something we cannot do here. And it's not worth your money. You need to go see our friends at this place right. or that place, or you need to go see this surgeon. And we refer all the time because there's a role for cosmetics. That's why it's a whole specialty. It's a whole fellowship. They have tons of training more than what I have. Um, and I think, we all need to work together and, turn, and we're here to help the patients. And I think people that believe in that Hippocratic Oath and those things are the fundamentals of good medicine understand that it's not a competitive base. It's This is what I offer here. And for some people, it's really a great thing for them and they come here for that. There's gonna be sometimes I can't help you and I'm gonna help you try to find people that can help you on that journey. Yeah. And there's gonna be patients that we refuse. I've, I've turned away patients because this isn't a money-making scheme or business or whatever you think. Right. Some of the stuff we do, you know, you want X, Y, Z, that's not possible with what we have here and we can't perform that or we're not comfortable taking it to an extreme. And some people don't like hearing that, but at the same time, we want what's best for you and your health. And that's what we truly believe here is like a fundamental one. Yeah, it really speaks to the integrity of the practice as well. And, you know, some people would take the money even though somebody didn't need that procedure. So like, that means a lot because that's definitely, once again, one of those you know, yes, our mission statement, our mission statement is probably like six pages of like, we want to be seen as this and we want to do this. And it's at the end of the day, we just really want to do good medicine and yeah. we happen to perform a type of medicine that's aesthetics and that's variable. And it's a really hard question because what's important to you and you or this and that is very different and it's not a cookie cutter base. And that's what actually makes this practice really interesting for me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, did you have any other questions for me or did you Yeah, I just was wondering, is there anything else that, if you could tell our audience anything, what would it be? Or like, what would you want to leave them with? Like, on a I think if it's something you're interested in exploring, find someone you trust. You can go to more than one person. You can get their opinions and an opinion is just that. And then you digest it and you get the information and making that educated decision and you making it based on your perceptions, which is a belief system based on tons of things you can't go wrong. Mm -hmm. And if someone dismisses it, you know you've done the homework, you know it's important to you, and it's the right choice for you. Um, there is, of course, the, the cost and the issues with it, but at the same time, we always find, you can always find the means when something's important to you. We find money for our gym memberships because it's good for our health and all this kind of stuff. This is another kind of health. It's mental health, it's social health, it's all of that, mm. it's all wrapped in. Yes. So if it's important for you or if you're just interested in exploring it, you know, hopefully we're one of the people you consider, but there's other great people here in the city that all perform these treatments and different variations of that. And when you find someone that you can work with and you trust and you come up with a plan, this is a relationship like a hairdresser that, you know, we hear all the time with women, like they'll move, they'll drive two hours out of their way yeah. because they're like, I love my hairdresser. <laughs> yeah. This is who I go to. They moved. I can't believe it. Blah, blah, blah. Well, it's the same as us. We have people that follow us that only want a certain injector because they know their face. They've been doing it for 10, 15 years. I have people that I've done their face so many times that I don't even need to look at them. I know exactly where to put the needle. I can do it with my eyes closed because I've been seeing them every two to three months for five years. And it's great. And you get this relationship how with the kids, that whole thing, that's that personal personal side, which is really special. But if you're interested in it, Instagram, social media has really added a level to this, not necessarily bad and not necessarily good. 
we're able to see newer treatments, things that you may never have known, like salt facial. We have huge waiting lists for salt facial. The, like I said, the Kardashians are definitely helping us with it, saying it's the best thing they've ever had. And, <laughs> but at the same time, the results are ridiculous, and the word gets out. And Winnipeg is one of those places where, oh my God, what'd you do? What'd you get? I want that. Oh my gosh. And like, we can't keep up with the volume, but at the same time, we do what's right for the patient. If that's the right thing for you, that's awesome. It's a great modality, um, but it's one of those things where when people are educated and they find the right fit, everything is just organic and everything just yeah. flows from there. And it's like, actually, maybe today you don't need this. You need a chemical peel because we really need to, you know, it's the winter or we know in a couple months you're going down south. Let's get your skin as best as we can or hydrate it because of the Winnipeg winter, all that kind of stuff. When you have the people that you trust and you know it's not just a gimmick or it's not what's on sale this week and it's just that relationship, it just changes the world of aesthetics, which is really an outward appearance of you and that's important for a lot of people. So. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. So everyone, I just want to let you know, so Forum Medical Aesthetics is located at 1721 Portage Avenue, and it's formaesthetics.com. Is that right? And then yep. you can look at all the programs or upcoming uh, workshops that you have there as well. Totally. And you can book online. You can always call during business hours, and one of our staff will help you out here. You can always make an appointment and just have a discussion. There's Consultations are free, and there's no pressure if you choose not to. It can be anything from a skin consult to clarification of something. You know, when you might think you want something need X and maybe you need Y or Z, that's okay too. We're here to provide you the best outcome for what your goal is. And even if you don't know what you want, they'll help you out with that, right? So if, like, <laughs> if you're looking at your face, but in the sense of like, my skin's dry or, yeah. you know, I feel like I have lines here, right? If they don't know what they are looking for specifically, if it's fillers or injectables or um, face products, they totally. can come here and be directed in what they would and be best have, for them. Yeah, and we have several doctors on staff, nurse practitioners and nurses that are all highly trained. Um, and everyone has their connection with someone else, and it's great. You know, we have people that are that really are into the skincare line, specializing in skincare and the peels and the lasers and all that kind of stuff. Everyone here kind of has their own area of interest, so you can come and meet with one of us. And the recommendation might be to see someone else, but it's because you know I have an interest in stem cell cellular medicine. I love I love that. I find it really interesting. And you know, Dr. Patterson is an obese gynecologist, so she loves anything vaginal. So yeah. she's really into vaginal treatments and vaginal health and things like that. So we have that too. So. Yeah, we'll be sure to link below where you can find um, Form Aesthetics online. You guys have Instagram as well. Of course, uh, we'll link yeah. that below everything in the show notes so that you guys can have a look at that and see what they're all about. Yes. Thank you so much for meeting awesome. us. Thank today. you guys. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure that you subscribe and keep tuning in to future episodes. We love hearing from you. So let us know what you thought of this episode. And if there's any topic that you want to hear about or any questions you want answered, send us an email to the address we've linked below in the show notes. Remember to tell your friends about the show and don't forget. Girls. Girls.